On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting, this guy. Streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Forces to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears. Just continues to raise the bar. Yeah, hello and welcome to Punters Postmortem on this Monday, the 24th of October. Dave Stanley with you this morning and looking forward to recapping the weekend that was. What a weekend it was. Animo wins a Cox Plate. We see, of course, uh, Graham Rogerson get a Group 1 again in Sydney with Huey Bowman on board with the Spring Champion Stakes and we see other great racing around the country. It was a cracker. And if you want to get involved with today's show, 135353 is the open line number. You can give us a call or send us a text on 0419-767-272. Our panel today is Ron Duffercy, Dean Lester and Glenn Munsey. So they are our panel today on Punters Postmortem. We have a meeting in New South Wales today, nine races at Newcastle, and we have the scratchings to get through before we get into the show. G'day, Nick. Yeah, g'day, Dave. In Newcastle today, where the rail's out two metres from the 600 to the 400, true the remainder. It's a heavy 10, and showers are expected throughout the day. There is 62 scratchings, so numbers only for the meeting. In race one, take out three, five, seven, eight, and 11. Three, five, seven, eight, and 11, race one. In race two, four, five, six, seven, nine, ten, and 12. Four, five, six, seven, nine, ten, and 12 from race number two. In race three, one, three, six, ten, and emergency 14. One, three, six, ten, and emergency 14 from race three. In race four, one, six, eight, nine, eleven, and emergencies 14 and 15. One six eight nine eleven and emergencies fourteen and fifteen in race five one two four five nine ten eleven and thirteen one two four five nine ten eleven and thirteen from race number five in race number six two six seven and ten. Two, six, seven, and ten from race six. In race seven, two, three, four, eight, ten, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. So two, three, four, eight, ten, twelve, and emergencies thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen from race number seven. In race eight, one, five, seven, eight, 10 and emergencies 14, 15 and 16, 1, 5, 7, 8, 10 and emergencies 14, 15 and 16, plus a late scratching in race 8, we take out the 9, so the 9's out of race 8 as well, and in race 9, 2, 3, 6, 8, 9, 11, 12 and 14, 2, 3, 6, 8, 9, 11, 12 and 14 from race 9 in Newcastle. There, there is the scratchings for the only New South Wales meeting today. All the other information on the tab app. Fantastic. Thanks, Nick. So we've got uh, nine races, as we said, at Newcastle today. Also at Casterton and Victoria we are. There are two meetings uh, in Oz. Uh, we've got Greyhound Racing today in New South Wales today at uh, Bathurst. Take note, the Nara meeting and Gunnedah meetings and... Uh, uh, 
abandoned due to this weather that's around. So Nara and Gunnedah abandoned, but we've got Bathurst as a New South Wales meeting today and Vahanas Racing in New South Wales. We've got Newcastle as well. So a double header up there at Newcastle with the trots and the gallops. Let's welcome our guests today. We've got uh, Ron Duffersey, Dean Lester and Glenn Munsey. We'll say firstly hello to Ron Duffersey. G'day, Duff. Yeah, g'day, Dave. Uh, terrific meeting on Saturday and uh, in Australia-wide, really. It was a, an enjoyable day. It certainly was, mate. Uh, for racing fans all over, it was great to see. We've got uh, Dean Lester in our Melbourne studio. G'day, Dino. Hello, Dave. How was your weekend, mate? Extraordinary down there at the Valley. It was. Uh, extraordinary action on the track fri- on Saturday. Extraordinary action before the races or before the main event Friday. Uh, and, uh, yeah, overall, uh, I think a pretty satisfying result with uh, the best horse we've got at the moment winning the best race. So, uh, with Animo getting the money. All right. And Glenn Munsey joining us as well. Glenn, how was your weekend, mate? Welcome back. Yeah, good morning, Dave. Good morning, Ronnie. Good morning, Dean and all the listeners. No, uh, didn't uh, get away with anything there Saturday, Dave, but uh, probably put too much credence into the weather bureau thought it had rained. <laughs> Let's get uh, into and, it, boys. Uh, no prizes for guessing it's raining now, yes, Dave. Just and, getting ready. And, so the 10.30... Looks like it's going to get worse too. Uh, let's uh, start, Duff, uh, with you. Uh, you're in Sydney, of course. The Spring Champion Stakes. Um, and Graham Rogerson gets another Group 1 in Sydney. Good to see him back. And this looks like a horse that's going to go onto a derby and be very hard to beat. Yeah, well, he's put his hand up, hasn't he? He's, he's three from three as a three-year-old now. And he, uh, he did it the hard way there on Saturday. He, he sat wide, no cover, although he was kept well-balanced and didn't panic, Bewey. And uh, he, he got away with it. And he got away with it very well. But it was an intriguing race. I think it's a good race. Um, uh, we can follow down the board here. Um, elliptical was given a beautiful ride, but just may have just got left stranded in, in foreign territory there at the top of the Ramwick Long Straight. And I thought he uh, may have had little excuses. She's Extreme was terrific after missing the start and and finding you know, you know, a, a position no one had thought she'd have. And... She was uh, outstanding, uh, surging through the line. Macalado was a solid again. Williamsburg maybe ridden a little close, but forced to. And uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't back off on um, Renaissance Woman. I think she's still right in um, the VRC Oaks. That uh, she got knocked down early and and put off again. Uh, what did you make of uh, watching the Spring Champion Stakes from Melbourne, Dino? Yeah, an interesting race, Dave, in the different facets, uh, sharp and smart covering ground, but tough to the line, and comes to the derby next week, elliptical, yeah, just no fault of uh, Blake's, but just left in front early, and I oh, just full of admiration for she, she's extreme, she uh, she just keeps turning up and running well, uh, she's done it right through her two-year-old days, and, and it's not stopping as a three-year-old, uh, she was, I thought, tremendous in, the, in defeat. And Munns, um, I know that she's extreme, jumped or SP'd favourite, but uh, was there much money around for Sharp and Smart? Um, not, not really, Dave. Um, he sort of held his mark around seven or eight dollars all day, and uh, funnily enough, you know, there wasn't a great deal of money for Williamsburg either. The, the horse out of the the gloaming that was probably the best supported out of the lot of them was Machilate, and when you consider, you know, they started two dollars seventy sharp and smart, three seventy Williamsburg, and eight fifty Machilate. They were very, very keen to sort of take the the anywhere from thirteen into single figures at different stages there, Machilate, uh, and you know, they, they got to a, a point where they were pretty much, you know, nearly the same price or very little between them. So probably they just thought Machilade may have had a fraction more improvement. But you can't take anything away from the winner. It did all the work. 
uh, and just kept going. There was a couple of disappointments in the race. Permito pulled up, um, still you know trying to work out what happened to him. Uh, and she's extreme. Well, if you're on it, you probably haven't removed yourself from underneath the coffee table at this stage. Yeah, exactly right. Um, the some of the uh, text flying in here. Um, the second horse, uh, Dino. Do you know the plans with the second horse? Are they going to pull up the stumps now? Oh, I always thought that was the, the plan to to, uh, to stop after Saturday, but uh, I suppose uh, yeah, there's the the derby this week uh, up for grabs. So, I, but that was the original plan that he was going to finish after Saturday. I okay. believe anyway. I think I, I think I read Sam Friedman or Friedman Racing tweet out yesterday that uh, there's a good chance you'll take on the older horses in the is it the McKinnon. Champions Mile yeah yeah or the, the the Champions Mile or the McKinnon one of the okay two, yeah. oh sorry might yeah. be McKinnon yeah sorry yeah. No yeah. dramas. Before we get into the Cox Plate, boys, just so there's been at least four or five texts already about Blake Shin. He returned to Sydney. Geez, he's riding well, Duff. He is. It could have been so much better on there on Saturday. He rode the two winners beautifully, and he rode, I think, three seconds, and he rode them perfectly as well. So he's he's a man in the zone uh, at the moment, and he's strike rate in, since he came back from Hong Kong in, in Melbourne. has been well documented, and he come here with a nice book of rides on Saturday, and and give them all every hope. So it'll be interesting to see what his next move is after the Spring Carnival, whether he stays in Melbourne or, or comes back to Sydney, um, where I think he might have property. Uh, so, yeah. He's a jockey. Yeah, he's a jockey, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, he's not he, too far from you, actually, Doug. Yeah, yeah, I know, but in a better street. Uh, <laughs> uh, he, he owns most of the street, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, He's got a beautiful seat on a horse, Blake. He has. For, for, for pervs, you know, racing pervs, mm. to look at a jockey, how he positions himself on a horse. And a lot of people, you know, may not, you know, take in all what happens in a race and everything like that. But as, as a purist looking at a jockey, he has the best seat on a horse you have seen for a very, very long time. And they get to top speed with very minimal effort. Like, he, mm. doesn't, he doesn't move that seat around much at all. It's just... Uh, it's. Very, very smooth, getting him up to that top speed. And not scared to make a move out of the ordinary either. Mm, do, do we think he's... Uh, imp- There's a text here just saying, you know, since his time in Hong Kong, he seems to be even better. Do you think that has happened, that has had that effect on Blake, that that um, style of riding over there in, in Hong Kong? Well, they always say it's the old saying, anyone that comes back from Hong Kong, oh, he's had the Hong Kong experience now and he's a better jockey for it. No, I'm looking, no argument from me. It's... it's, it's uh, it's a good level of jockeys over there. Well, I'm not so sure it is now, mm. as it was, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. You know, there's been dominant jockeys there. Uh, but the, the, as far as the spread, I'm not so sure uh, that's the case these days. All right, let's jump down to it. Uh, the headline act, Animo. The big A, as Matty Hill said in his call. Uh, that was an extraordinary race, the Cox Plate. Uh, there was a lot of flavour of all the... Well, they were. They were our top weight for age horses. Uh, and then the race didn't disappoint, did it, Duff? Oh, no. He's a, he's just a, a ripper. Everything went right for him from the good draw. And to think what, what could have been with him, you know, like he, he drew the outside barrier in a golden slipper and probably should have won. He drew the outside barrier in a, in a uh, I think it was a blue diamond. He, yep. he, he was nutted out in a golden rose. Um, so what could have been with this horse at such a young age, I think only Octagonal's done it, uh, they say there's a couple of others, but they were older. They, that, that took them a bit longer. Um, weekend Hustler and uh, Bone Crusher. Uh, but 
to do what he's done at this stage of his career is um, he's, he's champion like. I don't. I don't think could often have had a horse win as many Group Ones as him. Is that right? Yeah. Well, that shocks me. Yeah. 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 Well, they retire often very early yeah, too. True, in, true. In the European mm. ranks, but uh, yeah, he's uh, he's the, the record holder now. He's probably their most. Uh, and Tim, if you agree here, and I think we've said this before, but when you look at their stallions they've had, he would be one of their most in, important stallions ever, considering that. They've obviously had uh, that European flavour that, um, you know, and the, some of the American sires that have been involved but from an Australian bred point of view. Uh, they've obviously had good sprinters, but he is ticking, well, he ticks every box, doesn't he? Is he too good for Australia? Uh, mm. Does he stand in Europe? I don't know. Or he might do both, I suppose. Yeah. They've yeah. got... He's uh, he's one of a kind. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't think that will be the team's decision. That could be a, a higher powers right. decision. Yeah. yeah, he might. The old Sheikh might want him in his uh, Sheikh Mohammed might want him in his backyard. He might be his, <laughs> his personal stallion. So so boys, he he'll go. I read yesterday he, they'll they'll uh, Dino that the he'll go possibly to the ten furlong race at Flemington and then off to a, a world trip. Jumps on the plane. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Well, hopefully, yeah, we get to see him one more time at Flemington, and uh, and then yeah, um, I think Dubai's the first port of call, maybe uh, in the eighteen hundred metre turf race there. So uh, the shape would get to see him very much in his home patch there, and then and then maybe uh, European preparation beckons. Okay, and I see we've got that two thousand and twenty three Queen Elizabeth Stakes prelims market suspended months. Um, so I see it suspended currently. It, would that be would the would the boys and girls have done that because of no that I news or think, just I wouldn't think Dave that they let me just have a look here uh, whether they actually did uh, no they did actually price it up. Um, it was a four dollar chance in that race there. Zaki at six on Thunderstruck at eight. Uh, whether or not they have updated that after. Oh, well, El Bodegon is now $11, but, you know, Hitotsu and Incentivize are in the market there as well at $11. Yeah. But it has been it has been opened as such, but, you know, that that, that is a market there. That uh, champion stakes is the old McKinnon. Yeah. Uh, he's an odds-on chance in that now. He's $1.90 um, for that race there. Uh, he was $2 earlier today. He's now $1.90. Uh, El Bodegon. Uh, is at four dollars and fifty cents. He's definitely going to be aimed at the Queen Elizabeth next year. Uh, I'm Thunderstruck and Zaki six dollars each of two. Then Cascadian at eight. Mawunga, he's on fire at the moment. Mawunga uh, and my Oberon uh, at eleven dollars each of two. So there, there's the top lots uh, in uh, the Champion Stakes, which is last day of the Carnival at the Old McKinnon, is now called the Tab Champion Stakes because I think the last day of the Carnival is uh, Tab has the sponsorship for the whole day. Mm. Uh, we've got David on the line, and I encourage everyone to give it to uh, to get in contact now. Thirteen fifty three fifty three is the open line number, and uh, we've got, as I said, David. G'day, mate. Hey, going, boys. Look, uh, just want to back up what you said about Animo. I mean, you know, everything's relative, and I, I just remember a comment last year Chris Waller made about um, very elegant. He said. Um, there will never be another Winx, but he said Very Elegant has gone to places that Winx never did, you know, winning a Melbourne Cup and a Caulfield Cup. And Animo is probably not in that class, but he's gone to places that very few horses, Duff and Dean, have ever gone, you know, have, at least in recent years, you know, being such a good two-year-old, as you said. 
Um, today, that's just about it. They never come back. Then he came back and was an outstanding three-year-old. And now coming back to be such an outstanding four-year-old, it's a real rarity um, in today's racing. It, it may have happened years ago with horses like Sky High, which my dad tells me about. But I, I just think it's great. And Dean, I've been meaning to ask you, Duff, is there any reason why... Is there a cut-off when horses can start... Like, could you keep a horse racing to, say, seven years of age and then they start breeding? Um, and they could still be successful at start if they started at seven, or is that just too late? Well, it's too late to cash in. Um, commercially, yeah. <clears throat> commercially, it's not a, not a good angle, but, why, but with the prize physically. money around... Physically, yes. You know, the stallions are still serving well in, you know, uh, well into late, later years than that. And... Mm. Um, yeah, no, I, there's no reason he won't. He can't, but I don't think that that won't happen. We know that he's too he's too valuable. You know, when you're talking, you know, hundred thousand a year with a couple hundred mares or whatever, one hundred fifty mares a, a season, and maybe in two hemispheres, you do your figures. Um, it's it's a it's a pretty commercial decision what it, what they're going to do. Um, D- Dean, can I just ask you about um Thunderstruck? Oh, I thought he was magnificent in defeat and. Uh, might have made her a race if it had he drawn a better gate, but the gate sort of uh, condemned him right back. And then he was had a horse on his outside for a while. Gold trip got in his way for a while, and uh, once he balanced up in the straight, uh, he was fantastic to the line. So and he, you know, he's two runs at two thousand metres now. He's been beaten by Animo both times, but uh, he's been tremendous in defeat. So he's uh, yeah, he's going to be a bit of a staple in the, the weight for age ranks for a couple of years to come, you'd think. What do they say about? What do you say about the tempo of that race, uh, Dino? What is it? How hard did they go out? Uh, by Cox Plate standards, they went out uh, an even speed duff, uh, about uh, about three point eight lengths below standard to the twelve hundred. Well, they usually go along a lot quicker, and obviously on dry ground. But uh, you'd have to say uh, steady. But uh, it was very much high pressure then from. Yeah. The 800 on, and, and you know, some of the the, the sectional times uh, bear that out. And yeah, you know, the best last 200 of the race was Maunga, and uh, he's going to go a lot better at Flemington. There's no doubt. Uh, I mean, I think if a horse like Animo didn't take his place in the uh, in the uh, Tab Champion Stakes, well, uh, Maunga will be shaping pretty well the way he's going. I think he he just needs to get to Flemington. What'd you make a Gold Trip? Well, Gold Trip went. Very, very well. Jamie Spencer didn't have the best of days. Uh, he just seemed to find all the wrong spots. Uh, and the Valley can do that if you don't know it that well. And, uh, yeah, I thought there's nothing wrong with Gold Trip's run. And uh, I wonder if he'll take up the option of running in the Melbourne Cup or he's, he'll just stay to the weight for age. But uh, in the blinkers, uh, he ran very well. But he just yeah, it just didn't, uh, didn't get in the right spots. Mm. All right, beautiful. Thanks for your call, David. Anthony's on the line. G'day, Anthony. Good morning, guys. How you going? Listen, the Dean, I'm a big fan of Amelia's Jewel, but I'm not too sure how to read the, her return. What do you think about her return? And oh. Simon. So we're talking Western Australia here? Yep. Um, yeah, I spoke to Simon this morning. Uh, it was a, she's never had to be that close to the speed, so her wins have been visually far more spectacular in the past. She got the job done on Saturday. Uh, I think I don't think it's been plain sailing to get her back to the track this time in. So she'll improve um, and she'll probably have to, but uh, it was a pretty good win when when the chips were down. She she put the head out and won. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see that the Phillies program's terrible over there. The, those Phillies that ran first up Saturday, if to run again, 
Uh, they've got to run tomorrow week uh, at uh, Ascot on Melbourne Cup Day, so they back up sort of 10 days after their first up run. So she mm. so may even have to take on the older horses uh, in, a, in the last year in a couple of weeks' time. But, uh, yeah, I think, I think she'll improve off that. And, and in saying that, I thought it was a terrific win. Thanks for your call, Anthony. Paul's on the line. G'day, Paul. Um, uh, Dean Lester, about young Werther. In how was this run in the Cox Plate the race? It really wasn't suited. And does it handle? It looks like being probably a wet track for the Melbourne Cup. How does it handle a wet track? Uh, that's a good question. That they, they, they've shielded him from it in the past. So. Uh, I would think that's got to be a, a bit of a query. He'll go a lot better in a handicap than he did. The weight for age and the valley was never going to suit on Saturday, and uh, he was probably a little bit lucky to be in the race. But the Melbourne Cup, different race. My worry is he's only won the one race, but uh, he's certainly at his best at Flemington anyway. But no, no guarantee for a wet track. Wet track, I'd, be, I'd think uh, it's a bit of a concern. I think he ran... Second in the derby on a five or a six, but uh, if it got wetter, I think that'd Sec- have to be Second concerned. in the Turnbull on a five. Yeah, and that was that was eighth in the Caulfield Cup on a six, and then well, he, he, he doesn't go at Caulfield. Um, yeah, they've just dodged Caulfield ever since. Fourth first up at Flemington this time in on a seven, behind Macram. Yeah, yeah. I mean they're not, and they haven't been bad tracks. So I don't think, you know, unless we have an absolute deluge cup, they'll be that bad. But. Uh, It'll, yeah, he can handle a little bit, but if it happened to get heavy, you'd be worried. Thanks for your call, Paul. Uh, let's uh, talk about a couple of texts here on the text line. You're on Punters Postmortem with Ron Doversey, Dean Lester, and also Glenn Munsey. Golden Mile, um, obviously, the Caulfield Guineas winner, comes back and wins the Tab Calendar Presnell. What did you make of the win, Duff? Yep, he was always in control when he swooped around on the turn there, just idling. I thought, oh, gee, he's going to put four or five lengths on them. And look, he... he, he, he he just got a little bit tired there at the finish, and Comyn has fought hard, um, which he has been doing of late. But uh, yeah, he's a he's a good colt. Uh, whether he's a uh, he runs that mile right out at the top level, I'm, I'm just a little little bit of a question mark on. But he might get stronger um, in the autumn, and and uh, be a, you know obviously the Doncaster Mile is uh, probably his main aim and he just has to prove himself running right through the line. I, I think he's more of a Golden Eagle type personally but um, next year. But yeah, we'll see. maybe George Ryder in the autumn just to wait yeah, for age or something. Yeah, that's right. He, he looks a lethal 1,400 metre horse. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, thanks for those texts. And then another text here on the text line about the Manicato, of course, which was shifted from Friday night after that lightning Um uh, Dino, just talk us through that, mate. That was uh, some of that video that I saw. What um, Paul Ailey and J Mac going out on the track, and next minute, the big crack of thunder. Um, so that lightning hit the construction work that's happening at Mooney Valley. Is that correct? It did. Yeah, there's a there's a, a photo circulating of it uh, at the moment, and uh, it uh, it hit. Uh, looks like it hit the crane that's on top of one of the. Uh, uh, the construction sites, so um, it uh, hit quite, uh, quite a vivid image, and uh, that was the moment it really cracked. And uh, we saw at the, the moment it happened, cool and gathered. The camera was on her, and she just jumped about ten foot in the air. And then uh, Jamie Carr just said, "No, we're going uh, straight back inside." So uh, yeah, it was 
It was messy uh, on Friday night. Um, I thought it was... Uh, I think the stewards, the horse people, did everything right. Um, just a little bit unfortunate, I think, when the executives got involved and we had the chief executive saying he thought, we'll cancel race six, we'll run the Manicato and we'll worry about race eight later on. Uh, luckily, they took a deep breath. And Chief Steward Rob Montgomery took, you know, took it uh, into control and uh, said we'll run the Manicato tomorrow's race 11. Dino, I know that they, um, and we spoke, I spoke about this last week with Chris Roots in his segment on HQ, I know that they're obviously very keen on, on night racing at the Valley and I've been to night racing at the Valley and it's, it's good fun. But I must admit as a punter, gee, I loved having the Manicato on Saturday um, and I know there were plenty of people that uh, where I was in Sydney that had had their bets on invitations and they'd, they'd had their bet in the last in Sydney and here we go, we've got a group one to come with. Would you would you like to see, I mean, what, why, why don't they have it all just on the one day? Well, I think, I, I think they, want, they want two meetings and that's fine. I, I just wonder if the Friday night punter really cares that it's a group one race, the Manicado, mm. mm. and I'd put on, if, if it was me, I'd be putting on the Vars on Friday night, give the Derby horses an extra day virtually to recover. Yep. Uh, maybe the Red Anchor, the, the William Crockett, give those three-year-olds maybe that might not go there and back up in the Coolmore uh, an extra couple of days and swap in the Manicado and nearly have it exactly how it was. Have the Cox Plate, take a breath, and that I would imagine, uh, we have, wouldn't have seen figures yet, but I imagine the turnover would be astronomical on that Group 1 being the last race. Uh, well, I'm just looking at the paramutual figures at the moment uh, to try and bring some sort of a comparison on. And I know we're looking at, you know, I'm looking at New South Wales figures at the moment, but, uh, for example, the Cox Plate held... Uh, just under 600,000 in the wind pool on the New South Wales tote on Saturday. And the Manicato Stakes, as I scroll down here, only held 240,000. But do you think that's because it wasn't actually programmed? 100%. Uh, yeah, maybe. maybe. It wasn't even in the papers, I don't think, yeah, was it? that's right. Yeah. Yeah. The, impact, the impact of the person that's woken up Saturday morning and may not have paid a great deal of attention to Friday night yeah. That's Cox Plate Day, it's Cox Plate Day, it's Cox Plate Day. That's all they're worried about. And yeah. Cox Plate's over, and you know they're not conditioned to even think there could possibly be a race 11. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing is, uh, I know I, I read somewhere that the jockeys weren't impressed um, with this, um, what is it, rule or whatever is deemed with the, the races. Uh, as soon as there is lightning, there it's, you cannot run a race for 30 minutes. Yep. Uh, and, then, and, and then it accumulates. So, so is, that, an, is that a Victorian uh, rule or is that across the board with the, all jockeys or all jurisdictions? I, th- I think it's an AJA rule yeah. or like a racing rule, but it, it was 30 minutes. And then if it happens again, the clock goes back to the start and it's another 30 minutes. So, I would have yeah. thought if the storm blows through, go ahead. I, I, I don't know whether we've got that rule here. I, I, yeah, I've, I've never heard – you've heard it plenty of times where the stewards will say – Horses have gone back to the, the stalls. There's lightning yeah. in the area, but there's never been a mention of a 30-minute no. rule. No, yeah. no I, remember being, I remember working one day with you, Duff. It was a, nearly a summer meeting. At a road memory must be good, don't No, you? I remember yeah. because the, um, the storm came. It doesn't work in summer. And, um, it doesn't no, it was work a, a lot during winter either. It was a day at Rose Hill. Storm <laughs> came, because I, I remember there was lightning and whatnot. Yep. Uh, and then 
they went back to the stalls and then the storm was over in the east of Sydney, so we could see lightning over near the city at Rose Hill. Yeah. But obviously, you know, everything continued on. So Yeah, I think they, they, they look at their they ring up or whatever they do with their, their machinery and if the storm's through, it's through, whether it's in ten minutes or or half an hour or whatever. I, I just thought um, if the if the wind's blowing, the storm blows through. Why wait half another half an hour? Mm. Uh, sometimes you can get a quick thunderstorm mm. that brushes straight through. But I was more critical of them abandoning in race six. Uh, yeah. I think if I'm paying two hundred dollars a day for a horse <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's favourite for that race, I'm paying the same training fees. You got it's not just about looking after your egos. Uh, you got to look after your, your investors, and your owners are your investors. So uh, it's elitism. Uh, okay, let's put yeah. the good horses out there, but you little nuffies can go and pay another couple of weeks training fees well, before why? we find another race for you. Uh, one, of like came from, one of the runners came from South Australia. Um, I hated you know, like that. that. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I and that was been it became. This is yeah. This has been my beef about it is that uh, the executives got involved and and they were trying to say, well, we need Brush to run our best horses. race. Yeah. And it was, uh, yeah, I think uh, just calling it off was the right thing. Because yeah, the, the storm just wasn't going away. That's simple as that. That's fine. But that, that uh, few moments there where they said we're brushing race six and potentially race eight, you know, hang around, we might run you, we're not sure. Yeah. Um, that, that, that was a kick in the cool. face. Yeah. And considering cool. the horses for race six had already been in the yard. Yeah. yeah. They've been saddled yeah. up in the yard, you know, just about to mount, go out the track. Oh, hang on, go back in there. No, we won't worry about you. Uh, you can take the saddle off and put the saddle back in and you can go home. Hopefully they learn from the experience. I'm sure they will. Uh, well, let's talk about... The, if you yeah. don't, that is that that would be the biggest negative that they haven't learned from the experience because you can have any amount of contingency plans you could ever think of, but until a situation actually arises, that's when... The, the dramas hit. Mm. Well, let's talk about the winner because now there's some text here saying, and I know hindsight's a wonderful thing, but why wasn't uh, Bella Nepotina in discussions? And maybe she was. Um, no, she was. She was for a for yeah. a tab Everest, and and in in hindsight, would she have acquitted herself quite well? Dino, she would have. Uh, she's won at Randwick. She's absolutely dynamite around the valley, though. She just swings off those bends, and her best form. Is clearly at the valley, so that's why they. I think they resisted the temptation. That training hasn't worked that well, has it? Really, for months. Yeah, waste of money. Yeah. Yes. How much are you paying? Two hundred a day. Don't tell Duff. Don't tell Duff that month. Yeah. Might have to abandon that race. Um, yeah. That that's uh, that uh, that trainer in South Australia. Has he got room on the float for uh, another one? It's border town. Uh, the the Dodsons. Uh, if you yes. get territory tight and you just move over, I've got might have space for for two others. And the worst yeah. thing about it is, once one barks, the other one barks just for the sake of it. Yeah, Bell and Nipotino, I know that the connections had been approached, and uh, but uh, they're breeders, and they uh, they thought one that they had a good chance of a, a very good prize, and now she's eligible. You know, she's got to beat Nature Strip down the straight, which is not going to be easy. She's eligible for a big bonus for having won the Manicato, and uh, she's now got a Group 1 on her CB as well. So uh, it was probably a pretty good night for them, or day for them, Duff, uh, all round when you think of the package. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. All right, uh, we've got uh, Mark on the line. G'day, Mark. G'day, Dave. G'day, boys. Um, question for you. Uh, uh, Dean Lester. I'm, I'm, 
One of us, anyway. Muns. He's easily forgettable. <laughs> Question for you, Ronnie. Actually, it's about far too easy. Another horse like far too easy. I spotted last Friday at Gosford. The postponed meeting are going to have a look at. Mm-hmm. So it's called Leggy Point. Now, the reason why I'm asking you about this horse is that the favourite in the race of Luke Peppers, you watched the trial before the race, it ran a second and a half faster on the day uh, than this horse that won the race, Leggy Point, uh, called Elm or something. And if you get a chance to watch the race on Friday, it just didn't handle God, but it was four or five wide all the, all the way, and uh, it's just 500 metres, it just excelled straight past this thing of Luke Peppers, who, who come on before the race and have a bit of a wrap. And, and Dino, for you, now I remember, it was uh, Archer, was the run of Earl Fogadon out of the Cork Cox Plate. Does it make Doval Legend uh, run in the Melbourne Cup coming up a much better look form-wise? Because he did smash it in a race overseas before he came out here. Yeah, well, there's a there's that form line. I don't think El Bodegon stayed that trip. That's why he came back in distance for the Cox Plate. But it certainly doesn't harm Dover the Legend. And uh, there's a good reason he's favourite for the Cup. He's got all the right form and uh, it's he seems the right horse. Yep. Thanks, mate. Well, and Ronnie, did you get a chance to watch that race? Uh, the C4, it's, uh, it's a yes. Fun, yeah, I'm, I, I remember just run off the... Lugged off the track there on the turn and overpowered them late. But I haven't had a chance to sort of analyse the times on the day there. But you say it was... Uh, pretty quick, but she, I, I, I did see her. I think it was a scone trial that she trialed in. Yeah, and, Rod, and then, Rod Northam said before the race, "This is Leggy Point that won a maiden at yeah. Gosford, who was a transferred scone meeting, and he was interviewed before the before the first actually because he had the uh, the second race, I think, uh, and he said, look, you know, she's good, but I'm more concerned about the fact her getting around Gosford. He said, if it was scone, no concerns whatsoever." Uh, and even after the race, he said, well, you know, she, she's, she's gone. You know, I, I, I knew she was all right, but um, she didn't even seem comfortable getting around Gosford. So she'd still got a bit of improvement in a leggy point is her name. Okay. We'll see when she gets to a dry track, if she can do that again. We'll, Thank you, be Mark. Good. Beautiful. We've got Clive on the line. G'day, Clive. Hey, mate. How are you? Good, mate. Um, Dean, the Jardin on Saturday, pretty impressive, wasn't he? It's fantastic. Um, I thought when he straightened up, uh, he pro- I didn't really like him from barrier one, but he got that moment where he was able to get off the rail and when he got out, I thought, oh, he's going to run a good second. But, uh, geez, he savaged the line late enough uh, and that was that was in keeping with what we saw of him, you know, probably early in his career. And he, he's uh, maybe that's his go, run-on sprinter style of horse. Yep, he, uh, it was good to see him back because we were worried about him here in a couple, <clears throat> a couple of runs, whether he had come back, but... Um, he just struggles to run that 1,200 out sweet ride and may have yeah. just pressed the button a little bit, in retrospect, may have pressed the button a little bit too soon. Um, one thing I did want to mention with you, Dino, is this, all of a sudden this derby looks pretty good on, on Saturday. It's, it's taken shape. Derby looks really good. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, um, I think uh, the spring champion, the effort of Barclay Square on Saturday... Uh, Bit of a shame Virtuous Circle's not taking its place, but uh, then you've got uh, Mr Maestro um, from uh, last week and a couple of others. Uh, interesting, move sudden, by, yeah, interesting move by Godolphin with his Pericles, yes. with, with the prep he's had. Yeah, yeah, and he was tremendous that day because he, he was probably left in front uh, a bit early. 
and he ran very, very well. So uh, it's, he's coming in light, but we saw it last year with Hitotsu. Uh, maybe the last-minute light preparation might be the go, but uh, I was pretty happy with what Barkley Square did on Saturday, thinking that uh, he's two from two at Flemington, and getting onto the bigger track will help him a lot. Okay. Uh, it's, is this a new thing, Dean? Because we've still got the market here as pre-noms. Oh, yep, I'm sure yep. the, there used to be advanced noms um, for the yep. derby. Yeah, they've changed it, uh, Muns, first year. So there's no no Oaks yet either. They, they haven't gone with the, all the pay-ups. It used to start first week in September. Um, and no, it's just the uh, just the entries on the Monday now. Well, she's extreme might lob up there. <laughs> I think she'll be in the Oaks on the Thursday. Well... Well, well both. Run in both. Save her running in the wakeful. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well, we're going to just take a break, boys. 9.40. Give us a call on 13.53.53 and get involved with the show. You're on Punters Postmortem. This is Punters Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. It certainly is, and it's 9.42. We've got Ben on the line, uh, and we're taking your calls on 13.53.53. Of course, Ron Duffersey, Dean Lester, and Glenn Munsey. G'day, Ben. G'day, Dave. How you going, mate? Good, mate. What's your question for Dino? Uh, Dino, just wondering um, with uh, I don't know, see Realm of Flowers about to in the order of entry of the Melbourne Cup. Um, would it get a start to start with? And you know, wet track looked like being Melbourne Cup, Dave. What do you think his chances would be? I think if she gets in, she's going pretty well. And uh, but that's going to be it. I mean. The attrition rate doesn't look high. There's not many internationals, uh, and it just comes down to, um, I think uh, most of them have had their last lead-up runs. I've just read that Persan's not running, so that brings her to 29 and be up in the air about gold trip, I suppose. So that, that would maybe 28, but, uh, yeah, there's still... It's going to be a bit of a watch for that, that uh, little group, and, and they're, they're nice chances. Uh, Smoke and Romans is... Uh, at 28 at the moment, Emissary, Realm of Flowers, they're all in that group, Interpretation, so uh, Macram, uh, they're all, they'd all be competitive if they got in the field, but that, that's going to be their biggest challenge. Yeah. Um, would it run the Lexus on the weekend if it would look like not getting a start? I don't know if they would. I think they've spaced their races uh, deliberately because that's how she performs best, so I, don't, I think they've got to probably take a chance and, and hope she gets in. All right, beautiful. Thanks for your call, Ben. We've got Wombat on the line. G'day, Wombat. G'day, boys. How are we going? Good, mate. Oh, boys, I was just bringing up about um, Alligator Bud on the weekend. That was a really strong running put in. He only died the last little bit. But will they most probably ease up back on him now and go to the Magic Mans with him, or what's the plan with Alligator Blood? I haven't heard anything um, from the stable. I don't think they've... Uh come out and said anything, but I'd say Magic Millions would be high on the agenda with the new owner. Mm. Um, so, yeah, well, whether he, he runs in the McKinnon or or they they stop with him, he's, he's, he's done a great job. And mm. he, he didn't get control there on Saturday, and I thought he fought, fought on particularly well. Yeah, I've read maybe he might be going to run the Champions Mile, come back to the, the mile. mile. Yep, mm. yep. That's probably a wise move. Okay, mm. beautiful. Thanks, Wombat. Uh, Ray's on the line. G'day, Ray. G'day, how are you? Good, mate. Um, listen, I just wanted to ask uh, Glenn Munsey about uh, some a, a punning aspect. Um, I, I like to take uh, parlays, and uh, with the with the parlays, apparently we don't you don't get a substitute when uh, when there's a late scratchy. I'm just wondering why. Well, you don't get a substitute if you if you bet win only either, because uh, par- parlays are just an all up. 
all up bet. Uh, the, the substitutes yeah. are in uh, multiples, like daily doubles, big sixes, uh, quaddies, things like that, um, where, where they're separate. They're separate pools. Yeah, well, right. You're, if you're taking it all up, you're being into the the, the win only pool. Yeah, yeah. So um, if you're betting into the quaddy and there's a scratching, all those investments go on to the favourite. So there's no there's no effect on the pool. In a win only bet and there's a scratching, that money comes out of the pool. So you can't you can't get a substitute because you have to get a refund. Okay, so when I take a one two a Formula One two parlay. And I get a, a late because I only take one horse in each each race. I take three races. If I get a, if I lose a horse in the say the second leg, that means I lose the double and and the uh, and the win bet as well. Well, if it was a fixed odds bet, it become the, the double would become a single. Yeah. Hmm. There's a few anomalies. There's, like if the, if you take a running double uh, and, and say the running double and the big six. Uh, they've got different substitutes. One's the tote favourite and the other one... Um, there was yeah, the, quaddy, that... the quaddies in the big six is the... The, the quaddie substitute is the favourite in the wind pool mm-hmm. and the big six substitute is the most popular runner. Yeah, that's a bit confusing because there was a classic yeah. case... I don't know what happens in odds and evens, though. Uh, well, there was a classic case on Wednesday with the poacher and um, he was substituted in the big six. He had, I think anyone on a running double... Uh, went on to a, something else in that race that got 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 buggered, you know. Mm. Anyway, right. anyway, that's thanks for your question, Ray. Uh, Mark's on the line. G'day, Mark. Boys, um, I'd like to ask Dean Lester, please, about the run of Sir Bailey on Saturday. Yeah, Sir Bailey. Um, he's. I just don't think he's quite there yet, Sir Bailey. He's a nice horse. Um, obviously, he's the son of uh, Jamaica. He ran. I don't know if he's going to go onto the derby next week. Uh, I'd like to see him on a bit better ground, and I just think next preparations when he'll he'll be better again. He seems to run these races in patches like a an immature sort of horse, and um, he wouldn't disgrace in the derby. But I just think next preparation for him. Good day. Thanks very much. Thanks, Mark. Thank um, we've also got Brad on the line. G'day, Brad. Oh, g'day, Dave. Um, first of all. Nice to meet you on the members' lawn there on Saturday, mate, and thanks for that uh, tip. I promise the success. No dramas, mate. Um, John o, it was thank John O'Shea because uh, John was on the program last week and he said, don't uh, drop off us. She was very good in the invitation. We'll get to that in a moment, mate. But well, What were you doing on the lawn? You're usually up in one of those private rooms. No. I was... Might have been thrown out, were you? Or... <laughs> Probably, yeah. Just out tipping on the lawn. <laughs> just out, yeah, just tipping. Yeah. Well, uh, but don't thank me, Brad. Thank John O'Shea. <laughs> You got subscribers down on the yeah, line, oh, mate. Yeah, going to start up my own thing. What is it? Mentor, um, um, Duff. You got a question for Duff? Yeah, I do, mate. Um, <laughs> the the two odd race stuff. What was your your uh, thoughts of that race? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The winner's a lovely horse, uh, Barber, uh, but he got all the breaks. And then there was a couple of green ones behind, like the Shine Your Light made good ground. And I, I, the horse I like, Dipsy Doodle, well, she, she's a, a little bit aggressive and she's got a lot to learn. And I think a horse like Razors, um, I thought he only had one trial, and that was on the Tuesday before the race. So it was a bit of a test for him, I think, from Godolphin to say, OK, see if you can handle this and we'll train you on. Because I think he's the biggest improver where the winner switched on and a natural and a couple of other those... Yeah, it, it, 
I don't know whether I learnt too much about it. With you know, only two weeks out for the Golden Gift, I don't know what I don't know how they're all going to fit in there. It's going to be a tough one. I actually got the winner, but I thought he was doing uh, he was doing his best on the line. I'm not sure how far he can go forward, but um, and then just on the two year olds, Glenn um, horses that aren't uh, haven't trialled as yet. If they come up for a trial, can you get a, a bet on um, in the Golden Slipper in the All In Market for horses that haven't trialled yet? You can get a horse. You can get any horse that's nominated for the slipper. You can get a price about it. All you have to do is ring up and ask. Okay. Because I think at the moment there's still about thirteen hundred in the slipper. I think first decks are traditionally not until about the first week of February. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, but any any horse that's been nominated, you can get a price about it. Uh, and remember, it is all in. Yeah. And is there a set? Do you know if there's a set price, or you just don't negotiate with the? With the well, you just ask ask for the horse's name, and more often than not, if it hasn't trialled, it'll depend who it's trained by. Um, and well, realistically, you should be getting a minimum of fifty or a hundred to one, no matter what it is. Uh, but it's up to them what price they're going to bet you. Okay. No when I was doing it. Thanks so much, Brad. Cheers, mate. Thanks for your call, and uh, thanks for uh, tuning in. It's 9.51 on Sky Sports Radio. Uh, just before we get to another break, um, just touching on promise of success. In the invitation, it was a good win, uh, wasn't it, Duff? And I thought that uh, Electric Girl and Nimalee have run uh, exceptional as well. Yep, it was whoever adjusted to the, the, the anchor drop there. It was a strange, strange race where they slowed up and they all just charged up each other's backside. And some horses were, a lot of horses were put off, including the winner who grabbed the bit as well. But um, uh, I'm finding it, another race, I'm, I'm finding it difficult to assess the way it was run and, and incidents in the run. But at least she's got timing on her side and upside, the promise of success. And Electric Girl, you could make a little case that. With clear running, she probably can win. The, should have won the race as well. Nimalee's just a, an iron mare who, who just uh, continues to race well and hold her condition. So, um, yeah, a funny race because uh, when Expat dropped anchor there uh, at the 800, they all just charged and uh, didn't adapt and uh, lost the plot. And Dino, uh, just a comment on Francesco Guardi, uh, who was very good. In the Mooney Valley Gold Cup, um, where I was, it seemed like everyone was was on uh, cheering home Jay Mack. He, he sort of he really put this horse in the race, didn't he? Uh, it was uh, a very easy watch. It was maybe nearly even easier than Animo. You saw that group break at about the eight hundred, and he just uh, just appeared off their backs. And I think it probably a few of the boys at the five hundred up in front thought they were on pretty good terms with themselves, and then just uh, Francesco Guardi just swept straight past them and. The margins were so significant that this was a really good staying win and uh, it's a bit of a shame he's not in the Cup next week, but uh, he's laying the foundations for next year. You just hope he's in the same sort of form in 12 months' time and Chris is very good at maintaining horses' form year in, year out. Uh, he's, uh, he, he's only had the couple of goes duff beyond the 2000, should have won the Bart Cummings and bolted in Saturday. He, he's, uh, he's starting to show a uh, real you know, liking for the longer trips. Yeah, well, I was doubting him at the longer trips. I thought he was a 2,000-metre horse, but uh, he's af- mm. definitely proved that wrong on Saturday, surging through uh, the line um, like, you know, and even Chris mustn't have thought he'd run two-mile, not even uh, paying nah. up for him for the Melbourne Cup. So he, he's, he's, yep. he's jumped out of the ground all of a sudden. He's been really good and genuine, but as far as treating him as a Cups prospect uh, two months ago, I would have rolled the eyes and yeah. said, no way. 
Yeah, well, what about those days he was getting beaten photos in 1,500-metre benchmark 78s at Rose Hill? So yeah. you wouldn't have been thinking he was a Melbourne yeah, Cup horse. Those I was on him. I was on him at $6 yeah. one day. He started $3.20. Let's <laughs> take a long memory. Let's take yeah. a break. It's 9.53. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punter's Postmortem. It's 9.55 on Sky Sports Radio. Uh, 13.53.53 if you want to sneak a call in. I think we're going to get to Ken very, very soon, who's got a question for Glenn. Uh, before we get to uh, that particular question, um, uh, Berkeley Square, or Berkeley Square, uh, in the, the Vars, what did you make of it, Dino? It's very good, Dave. Uh, he got a, he got the job done on Saturday and put the head out and won, but he'll be better at Flemington. Uh, he's unbeaten at Flemington. He ran well in the Guineas. Uh, I don't think Caulfield suited him. He got the job done Saturday, but uh, yeah, everything's been aimed at the Derby and Flemington for him, the knockback big offers for him, and uh, I think uh, Dan O'Sullivan's got a massive chance of getting the Group 1 uh, with Barclays Square on Saturday. All right, and the other one too, my Oberon, who was impressive in the Crystal Mile. So you might be talking about him this time next year in a race like the Cox Plate. Uh, I think initially there was a the thought they might try and get him to the Cox Plate, but he hadn't quite acclimatised as anticipated, and he was getting his winter coat uh, on Saturday. He looked healthy, but uh, he's sort of a bit out of season. But uh, he bolted in, and uh, his video suggested he was a pretty good horse, and he trolled well here, uh, and he put it all together on Saturday. He's a, he's a really nice horse, so I think you'll see a fair bit of him come the, uh, come the autumn. All right, let's get some horses to follow. Uh, we've got... Uh, firstly, we'll go to you, Duff. What are you following from the meeting, mate? Yeah, it's a hard meeting to... Um follow a few horses where you know the top of the tree because there's um and some of them come to the end of the preparation so just the the midway bench uh, benchmark level for me i think a stero first up wasn't ready uh he'll improve dramatically out of that midway first up there on saturday and naval seal will go through his benchmark grades over the summer months for sure all right um dano your horses to follow uh dave i thought climbing star and the phillies classic Second start, 1,200 to 1,600, and she looked the winner, just peaked on her run. She missed a run the week before. I think she's a good filly. Might follow, like, she might be a, an Australasian Oaks filly uh, in Adelaide in the autumn. King's Consort, uh, Sandown Guineas for him, ran really well first up. He's a couple of runs away. And Queen Air, a maiden filly, ran fourth in the Phillies Classic. She ran well. I think she's going to the Cranman Cup meeting uh, November 12. There's a three-year-old race. She'd be very hard to beat there. All right, and Glenn Munsey, your horses to follow. Uh, I thought Bonnie Ezra went quite good first up, Dave, in the Falante. I thought it had trialled good, probably a, a horse that may have wanted it a little bit wetter on Saturday, but last time in it came very, very solid uh, when it got up over you know 2,000 and further, so that 1,600 first up run I thought was good on Saturday. And out of the highway... When you looked at the horses that finished in the, the, the placings in the highway, they were sort of, you know, Socrates, King of Spades, Jalmari, uh, Enrolas, uh, that had all run sort of top four, top five at their previous highway run. Leather Jacket Lou, I thought, went just as good, if not better, than all of them from a wide alley covering ground to finish, you know, just on the heels of those. And it was only its third run back, was jumping from 1,400 to 1,800. A wide alley, covered plenty of ground. And it's another one that came solid sort of uh, fourth and fifth runs in last time when it stepped up over a trip. We've got rain today in Sydney, 15 to 45 mil coming off the coast. Looks like it's come down the coast from what to Brisbane copped 
and Northern New South Wales copped yesterday. It's a little shower tomorrow, but then from Wednesday, um, very minimal rain. And on Saturday, partly cloudy um, and only the chance of a shower. So obviously there will be some moisture in that track at uh, Rose Hill. Yeah, it's a six um, at the moment, Dave, with 12 mils of rain overnight. Okay. So this 40 today. But in saying that, it had been. I would have thought it'd been screaming out for a drink, because uh, it missed the the yeah. big rain when Ramwick got the the fifty mils of rain this day last week. Rose Hill got zero, uh, so that twelve mils of rain I think you find at Rose Hill takes the total for the last seven days to only about nineteen. So hopefully this rain this, drops off. Okay, this uh, this track will be fine on Saturday. Mm. It'll be fine. They've had the renovation uh, where they've shaved it all back and scarified whatever they do. And look at the, yeah, look at the look at the temperatures we got this week. Twenty eight, twenty eight, twenty eight. Leading into we've, that's got to dry. Mm. That's got to dry. We've got obviously in Sydney the Golden Eagle, ten million bucks. The Nature Strip Stakes, uh, Rose Hill Gold Cup, the Four Pillars Midway, uh, plus obviously the uh, remaining benchmark and, and highway races. And in Melbourne, Dino, we've got the Coolmore Stud Stakes, the Carbine Club, the Victorian Derby, Wakefield Rising Fast. Uh, the Archer, the Furphy Sprint. It's an absolute uh, beauty in both particular states. And I think so. Yesterday I saw a tweet. So J-Mac is in, he's in Melbourne, Melbourne. isn't he? Yep. He's in Melbourne. Yep. Just on the Golden Eagle market all in at the moment, Glenn. Just and for the our... final field for that, Dave, is tomorrow morning. Are they doing a... Uh, are There'll they... be a barrier draw. What, what time it is and where it is tomorrow, I don't know. No. But um, I have to be there, but I don't know where it is or what time it is. <laughs> I think it's on at Glass. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've, go, heard, I've heard three, three oh, uh, restaurants uh, mentioned, including... Can the, someone the, tell Glenn the new one on the Harbour Bridge? Please, please tell Glenn. He wants yeah. to know where to go tomorrow, please. Well, Dave, they, they, you know, some of us have things to do past one o'clock in the afternoon. Now, what about... Uh, well, then I can put a call out there because uh, what time is this draw tomorrow, Glenn? Do we know? Because I'd like no, to take the coverage. All right, well, if anyone out there listening, let us know. We'd like to put that up on um, Sky Sports Radio tomorrow, that Golden Eagle draw. And, of course, the one good thing about that draw, as has happened in previous years, hasn't it, the uh, the charities that are associated with those particular slots. And I think it's it's 10%, boys? Yeah, it's a it's million, a million. Is, uh, a million divvied bucks. up between uh, the charities. And I yeah. think you'll find Camp Quality won it last year with uh, I'm Thunderstruck. And that was the day they had recently at Rose Hill where they took the kids out from Camp Quality and uh, they had a lap of the track with Chris Waller and Huey Bowman. And the new, um, is it Ambassador or Mel McLaughlin? Um, is yeah, the, I saw Mel yesterday with yeah, the, the Eagle. Beautiful yeah. photo of Mel there at the, with the yeah, Falcon. with the Eagle. Uh, yeah, or the Eagle. And um, oh, she's a Western Suburbs girl, Mel. And um, she's the ambassador for the Golden Eagle on Saturday. With that market, though, just quickly, Glenn, is Light Infantry, you know, it's your 450 favourite, and we see the reports coming out of Canterbury for the hit-and-run mission, but it is, is it the, the best He's beautifully, David Canterbury. He's rolled well in the sand. <laughs> so, you know, that's you've done everything expected of him so far at Canterbury. Is he the best-backed runner in that Golden Eagle market? No, Dave, I wish I win, which will be Luke Nolan on Saturday. Uh, a $5 chance second favourite is easily the best supported runner there in front of Light Infantry. Then Valana, who's an $8 chance. Chain of Lightning will be Jamie Carr on Saturday at $9. Hinged is a $9 chance. Then Fangirl and Mr Mozart at $13 each of two and then a stack of them at $17. And the most interesting one of those is Wellwall. Will it, will it get into the field? And will Francesco de Torre or Lan... Uh, uh, was it, is it, is Lanfranco. Lanfranco de Tori arrived to ride Wellwall uh, just to 
reignite his passion and the punters for his passion in Australia. Yes. Uh, Is there talk of that? Is there yes. talk of so Frankie's yep. Frankie's here. No, it's been rumoured that um, he, he, if he comes, he'd be coming to ride well while if it gets in the field. Right. He's an interesting horse. He's... Oh, you're going to say he's an interesting bloke, Frankie. <laughs> yeah. Well, he is an interesting horse. I've never heard yes. of him until I looked mm. at his trials yesterday. Can we find out if he, if he comes, Ronnie, is he doing anything Sunday? Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we'll, we'll, Frankie? We'll find out. Do you reckon he'd be able to go with Frankie Munns? Well, if we could go somewhere and, you know, have a quiet beverage or 50 and maybe a nice bit of pasta. And, yeah, We've still got that nightclub at Knightsbridge there. He's, uh, <laughs> a bit, a just, uh, just on that, well, there's a trivia. When was the last time Frankie rode in Sydney? I don't think he has, has he? I, I can't recall. Has he never, he's he has. never been to Sydney to ride? No. Okay, there you go. Well, that would be a, a big coup if he could, uh, could arrive in Sydney. And be 48 deep on one. Uh, 10 oh, leave him alone. No, oh, I'm only geeing up. I'm geeing up. I'm geeing <laughs> oh. up. Uh, have a great week, everyone. Enjoy Derby Day on Saturday, Dino. Enjoy Golden Eagle Day up here, guys. And uh, yeah, bring it on. Another great day for the punters.